Design Pickle is a big supporter of everything on Seminary. If you haven't heard, they are a flat rate, unlimited use graphic design service helping churches across the nation. We're a proud client of theirs and love how they help us make social media graphics and those downloadable PDF article summaries that we've been sending out. Even if you have a designer, you need to check them out. To learn more, visit designpickle.com forward slash churches. On that same page, you can watch a totally free 30 minute video of me and the founder of Design Pickle talking about modern church marketing and of course pickles welcome to the unseminary podcast are you looking for practical ministry help to drive your ministry further faster have a sinking feeling that your ministry training didn't prepare you for the real world hey you're not alone join thousands of others in pursuit of stuff that we wish they had taught in seminary buckle up and let's get started with this week's unseminary podcast well, hey, everybody. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. My name's Rich, the host around these parts. Thank you so much for taking time out from your busy week. We know you've got a lot going on at your church, and so we're honored that you would take some time out uh, to listen in to today's conversation. Today, it's our honor, uh, really our privilege, I've been looking forward to this podcast for a while, uh, to have Darren DeLon with us from New Life Church in Arkansas. This is a fantastic church. Uh, Darren, welcome to the show. Oh, so good to be here with you guys. Now, for folks that don't know New Life, New Life started about 15 years ago or 14 years ago, 2001. Ten locations, if I'm if I'm doing my math right and keeping up, uh, ten locations, about 12,000 people, one of the fastest growing churches in the country. Uh, Darren, why don't you tell us about New Life? Kind of give us the flavor of the church. Yeah, New Life Church, we started, like I said, in, in 2001. And uh, if you want to know a little bit about the flavor more than anything, I guess you would say we're a relational Church, and I think that's key to, to who we are, our DNA, uh, the way we do ministry. It's all centered around relationships. Uh, mm. That's a key point of who we are. Very cool. Very cool. Now, what's your role there at the church? Church. I'm what we uh, call the senior exec pastor, and mm. uh, basically what I am is uh, second chair to, to Pastor Rick Bizet. He's our lead pastor, mm-hmm. and I'm responsible mainly for our team. You know, right, the vision right. and values of the church. So you get in trouble if stuff goes wrong. That's really what it comes down uh, to. I, I get. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. No, that's great. So obviously, um, you know, leading in a church that's growing so quickly, teams obviously centered at what you do. How do you think about team? What does it look like? What does it mean to be a part of a team for you? I guess that's a critical thing about in a growing church. The challenge is always, what does the team look like? Mm-hmm. Uh, we're constantly talking about that. Who's on the team? Mm-hmm. Uh, how deep is our bench? Uh, so when I think about ministry, it's always been a team concept. Uh, and, and that's it's a a huge principle to us uh, as a staff, as a church, is we're always thinking about the team. So it's mm-hmm. not wrapped around an individual. It's mainly a team concept. And uh, many of you guys know you've been on a you've been on a team, man. It stinks to be on a losing team. It's great <laughs> to be on a winning team. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the whole team concept, I think, is very important uh, when it comes to ministry. Now, obviously, there's a tension in growing churches, right, where, you know, you need more leaders. I'm sure there's church leaders that are listening in and they're saying, gosh, I'm not sure how you find so many leaders. Um, what does that look like for you? How have you been able to kind of build a culture that creates, um, you know, creates new leaders and is able to help those leaders take steps into ministry? Yeah, I think a lot of it comes back more or less to philosophy. You know, mm-hmm. how do we define leaders? Mm-hmm. Uh, something that we've done at New Life Church is we've kind of gotten rid of the, the article A and D. Mm-hmm. And uh, instead of centering around a leader or the leader, uh, it's a leadership culture. And so I think it's very important uh, if it's a senior pastor watching or if it's staff members watching, I think it's very important we understand that, that ministry is not built around an individual, mm-hmm. uh, especially when you're building a team concept. And uh, that's just something we've always talked about. 
And uh, one of the challenges, I think, with any growing church is, is the opportunity for people to give their territory away. Mm. Uh, and I think that's a huge point there. Uh, when you have a growing organization or a growing church, uh, a lot of times, well, stymie growth, a lot of times, is the leadership. Mm-hmm. People aren't willing to share that chair or share, you know, uh, leadership roles and stuff. So I think it's critical. If you're going to have a growing church or a growing organization, uh, I think the concept has to be centered around shared leadership mm-hmm. and other to the table. How are you encouraging your team to give? Because I think you're right. I think one of the core issues with growing churches is, um, or and actually it's what will stifle growth, is people will hold on to their area. It's like the student ministry's always got to be my thing or the, you know, the kids ministry's got to always be my thing. How are you encouraging your leaders to give that up, to be open-handed, to allow other people around uh, to lead their areas? You know, I think one of the things is a common phrase uh, that our, our staff here hears a lot of, and it's it's something we tell them. We don't necessarily do, quote, job descriptions. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a very open uh, a concept in the way that we lead our church. Uh, we do have things that we can lay out, you know, an org chart. It's all organized system. <laughs> but that's not the culture. Mm-hmm. And, and I guess one of the things we challenge all of our team members to do is work themselves out of a job. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's something we always talk to them and we encourage them. We just got off of a staff retreat. And the people we celebrate are the people that have brought people to the table. Mm-hmm. It's people that have moved away, in a sense, and, and made room for other people. So it's a constant thing here of who's replacing you. Mm-hmm. Uh, not in any negative way. You know, mm-hmm. it's not a negative thing, but it's always raising up the next leader, the next person that's coming along. So uh, that's a huge part. Mm-hmm. And I think when you start talking about a leadership culture. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think younger leaders or, you know, more insecure leaders hear that and they get nervous about it. They're like, gosh, I. I, I want to create something that I where I am so important they can't do without me. And the reality of it is the opposite of that, that great churches are led by leaders who are constantly find, finding uh, you know other people to take over what they're doing, that they just constantly are raising people up. That's you know the kind of people we need. Now, how are you, you know, what are some kind of practical steps you're doing to kind of intentionally create a deep bench with your leaders? Like are there you know particular steps you're doing? You said celebrating. Are there other pieces, other things you're doing? Yeah, I think it's very important that, again, going back to the culture, um, we do have more of a team concept here. You know, mm-hmm. we're definitely coming from the SEC. Uh, you know, if, if you guys want to know about that, that is the Supreme Football Powerhouse mm-hmm. uh, Conference. But, you know, we do have a, a totally team concept. And so we're always looking at the shared leadership part, but also cross-training. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's very important that we're identifying, okay, who's next? Who's coming up? But have we given them an opportunity to lead in any way? Mm-hmm. And so regardless if it's a children's minister, a student pastor, if it's finance, whatever area it is, it is always talking about them. Who is your Timothy? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's a big thing, again, that we're always identifying. Uh, we've asked all of our team leaders uh, all the way, you know, if you go all the way down to our student ministry uh, on a recent retreat that these guys had, as I was challenging the student leaders, one of the things I was encouraging them to do coming up in 2016 is actually to identify who's a Timothy that they can go after. Mm -hmm. And so that's one of the things that we always ask our team to do is identify who's that next person that they're raising up. And I think that's critical in any type of ministry uh, that we're always thinking about who's next, the Mm -hmm. next generation. Mm-hmm. Uh, regardless of age, again, it's like, who are we passing the baton to? Mm-hmm. How, what does that look like for you in your role? I think there are, um, you know, there's obviously a limited number of, you know, senior executive pastor roles um, in your organization. But what does, that, what does that practically look like for you even? I think for me, a lot of times it is identifying the emerging leaders. Mm-hmm. 
I think that's a part that I have. Uh, you know, when we first started the church, it was just a handful of us. We didn't have many people that were that were what we would call staff. Most of us were volunteer staff. Mm-hmm. And so from the beginning, you know, we wore a lot of different hats. Mm-hmm. And I guess over the years, you know, we've been at this now almost 14, 15 years. Uh, it has been at a point where we're sharing who's the best at this. And so the way that I do that personally is I do have a lead team. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my team basically leads the different areas of the church. And so we would have like six different areas that we focus in on. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's giving that part of responsibility away to that team member. Mm-hmm. And, and so I think a lot of it is giving more ministry away. Mm-hmm. It's holding on to ministry. Mm-hmm. And so hopefully what my team would look at and say is that, man, Darren definitely empowers. Mm-hmm. Darren also uh, gives a lot of stuff away. Yeah. That's kind of more of the structure that we do here. Very it, cool. It is empowering. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, when you empower, you also want to make sure that you're relational and following up and, and taking care of your people. So mm-hmm. our role is switch more to a coach. Yeah. Uh, that, that's definitely what I do uh, as a coach. I'm looking at what's on the field. Mm-hmm. You need to move some players around. Who's stepping up? Mm-hmm. You know, as a coach, sometimes you can't play in the game, obviously. <laughs> right. You know? And so a lot of times, man, you got to raise up that leader that's a player that's actually out in the field doing right. it today. And, and I think that's so important that they can coach the team as well and, and make the decisions that need to be made, that it doesn't have to wait on, hey, you know, senior leadership. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not so much what would we do, it's what we have done mm-hmm. in training our, our leaders. It's something they've already observed. Mm-hmm. So uh, our style here, again, for me, my role is just hopefully to empower mm-hmm. that we're leading and then uh, just being a coach for them. Mm-hmm. Well, that's obviously, you know, that is a, a higher level of leadership than just handing out checklists and saying, do this, right? Obviously, empowering is, I think everybody thinks that, and it sounds great. You're like, oh, I, well, I want to do that. Um, but it, it's a bit nerve wracking when you, when you look to engage other people. I had a friend of mine who says, you know, the problem with leading leaders is they want to lead, um, you know, and so how, how are you doing that um, with your leaders? How are you um, really allowing them, giving them some freedom, uh, but then also creating a sandbox for them to kind of, you know, operate within? What does that look like for, for your team? Yeah, I think there's a huge tension with all of us when we start mm-hmm. talking about a leadership culture. Uh, a lot of times we look at what's controllable and, and what's flexible. Uh, you know, there's a lot of things going on in organizations right now with centralized versus decentralized. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the key is, is, again, let's have a common shared value base. Mm-hmm. We have the vision. We have the DNA. But from there, it's allowing our people to lead in the area that they're most passionate about. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way that we do this is we give people room to fail. Mm-hmm. I think that's so important. You know, uh, we have a very roundtable culture. So when somebody comes to the table with an idea, we start collaborating. Mm-hmm. Uh, but once we all agree and we, and we send out with an idea, we agree on that idea, we're going to give people room to fail. Uh, we've all made mistakes. Right. And uh, so the way that we try to empower our people is, is, is take the risk as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so collaboration to me is, is not only the reward, it's the risk too. <laughs> you know, so that, that is a way that we help and ch- challenge our guys to lead is uh, be willing to take the risk, man. Okay, very cool. Now, so you guys are 10 campuses. That's that's a lot of locations. You are probably in the 0.5%, you know, 85% of multi-sites don't get beyond three. Um, so the fact that you're at 10, is, you've obviously done something to create an empowering culture there. You know, you touched a little bit on the centralized, decentralized thing. I wonder if you could comment on that. How are you structuring your relationship with your campuses? And there's a tension in multi-site around 
creating, you know, if we just have lots of central control and then, you know, folks out in the campuses that, you know, that are just like they're automatons, they just kind of do whatever we tell them to do or the other way around saying, you know, these are obviously the extreme ends of the spectrum. Just we're not really sure what's happening out there, but we've got these campuses. How do you talk about centralized versus decentralized in the campuses? And then how are you leading there uh, to ensure that there's a common vision going forward at New Life, but then you're creating empowerment on the ground to make that happen? Yeah, I think a lot of what we do, we're, we're talking about centralized, decentralized, is we do meet with all of our campus pastors weekly. Mm -hmm. um, I think anytime you start talking about decentralizing any type of organization, uh, the key is, is are you relational? Mm. You know, and, and I think that's, you know, uh, the tension that it creates with a lot of pastors or a, a lot of CEOs in a sense yeah. is, man, I don't know if I can share you know, that leadership role, true, but true. a lot of times they can't do that is because they don't necessarily know the people that they're on their team. Mm -hmm. And so I think if you're going to go decentralized, you got to move into a situation where you really know the people that you're leading. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's more than just a task list. Mm -hmm. It's more than a job description. Mm -hmm. It's really, especially in a church uh, con concept here that we look at, it's really knowing the people, who mm -hmm. they are, the way they behave, their values, their DNAs. And I think once you grab hold of that, and uh, you spend time with them outside of just simply leading the church. Mm -hmm. uh, that's high-fiving each other, celebrating mm -hmm. uh, with them, knowing about their family. I think it's a lot easier to start decentralizing <laughs> because there's trust built there. Mm -hmm. You know, I know what they would do in a situation because I watched them and the way they treated their kids. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we, we've done enough ministry together that I've watched them in a sense of how do they react, you know, mm -hmm. to a moment where they're pastoring someone or, or – or sharing or correcting or whatever it is, conflict management and all that, we've observed that behavior already. Mm -hmm. And uh, so again, before you decentralize, you have to ask yourself, am I willing to do a team like Jesus did? Mm -hmm. You know, Jesus was close to his 12. Right. And I mean, they ate together, man. They hung out together. They prayed together. And I think that's the key ingredient. Before we just say, hey, we're going to decentralize, you better make sure you know your team. Mm -hmm. You spent time with your team. And uh, once you do that, then I think the decentralization will take care of itself. It happens mm -hmm. because you already know what people would do. You mm -hmm. know, would answer a question because you've seen them answer the question. Mm -hmm. You know how they would react in a situation because you've already seen them react. Mm -hmm. And so uh, the way that we decentralize, there's no doubt, it is empowering the guys to make the decisions. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think that's very important. Your team knows that, hey, they can make a decision. Mm-hmm. Uh, then, hey, hold on, before I go do this, Rich, <laughs> you know, and that's not, to me, that's not leadership. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, the way the world is, the craziness of the world, I mean, you start thinking about military, I mean, when you're on the battle line, man, you, you can't say, hold on, I can't <laughs> my superiors. Yes. You know what I'm saying? You have to make that decision. Mm -hmm. I think that's so important with church leadership is we allow our people to make the decisions when they're out on the forefront, mm -hmm. you know, so... So hopefully that is a way, again, I mean, these are things that you're asking me, how do I leave? Mm -hmm. uh, the best thing to do would be ask the, the people that we are leaving. But mm -hmm. that is something, a culture that we try to establish here. No, that's very cool. I, I like what you're saying there. There is a, you know, just to kind of 
help me if, if, to understand what you're saying. You know, obviously you're increasing the relational connection with those leaders, particularly. Um, and then at the same time, as that, as you've done that, you have, you know, you've really opened up and given them more authority locally. And so, which I, I think is a key insight for people, who particularly I think that are struggling, if there's multi-site churches that are struggling at that third location, they're for trying to figure out how they get to fourth or fifth, you are going to have to open your hands. You're going to have to, you're not going to be able to make all the decisions that you did when you were just one location or two locations. Um, but I appreciate what you're saying there to kind of say, how do we increase the relational content? How, how are you, so you're meeting with them, um, you know, how, how do you stay connected just practically? You're meeting with them weekly, you're doing, you know, is that is that you and Rick and kind of your your team? Is that that's who's meeting with those folks? Yeah, I mean, the way that we do it, uh, Rick and I obviously are very close. Yep. And, uh, Rick and I meet talk pretty much every day. Mm -hmm. uh, but every Tuesday we do have our staff. Uh, most of these guys do come in from across the state. Uh, these are our campus pastors that are that are leading their campuses, and uh, with that again, I mean, a lot of times our staff meetings do start off with more personal questions to them, mm -hmm. checking in on them how they're doing. But then, I mean, it does get to a point where again, I mean, we got to work. I mean, there's things and goals and objectives that we do accomplish. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm a very uh, I'm very intentional in the way that I lead because again, ultimately, you know, we do have to execute. Mm -hmm. And so it's not just about partying and having fun. That's a part of what we do. We're going to celebrate. We're going to have a blast. But it is very important to understand what do we want to execute. Mm -hmm. And so we're very intentional on the questions that we do ask our staff. We're very intentional on what the win that they're focused in on for that week. Uh, there is a lot of accountability. There's a lot of follow-up questions mm -hmm. that we do with our team. Uh, so it's not just having a blast. It's not just this open-ended thing of just showing up. We're very intentional. Uh, and the way the questions that we do ask our team and uh, every week there are things that they're working on and uh, for us the way that we just simplify that is we always ask them you know what was your win for this week mm -hmm. and then from there we do look at it and see hey you know is there any area uh, that there are challenges at the campuses mm -hmm. you know uh, every week we do assess the weekend services mm -hmm. uh, because again going out we do want our, our church to look and feel the same as family mm -hmm. You know, and so if you go to the lawn house and you go to my brother's house, it's going to look the same. If you go to my mom and dad's house, it's still going to feel the same because we're the lawns. Mm -hmm. So there's things that we do assess, that we look at, that we measure, you know, as a church and saying, hey, at this campus, how are we doing there? Mm -hmm. uh, so, again, we're laughing, we're high-fiving, but I'm going to tell you, it's halftime. It's <laughs> halftime. We're going to execute. Right. We're going to challenge each other's butt off big time. And we're going to say, hey— how did we miss that block? What did we do there? So there is a lot of accountability mm -hmm. with this as well. Mm -hmm. Very cool. That's that's great. Is there anything else you want to share before we move on with the rest of the episode? This has been just really insightful. I appreciate it. Yeah, I, I just think, again, I mean, when you, when you start talking about decentralization, again, we talked about one of the most important things. Make sure you know your people. Mm -hmm. And, again, that comes back on us as leaders. Mm -hmm. And so if you are leading an area of ministry, I think it's important for you to pursue the relationship know your people but the next thing with decentralization too i think is expectations are clearly communicated mm -hmm. uh you know before you go out and say hey y'all go lead there has to be expectations that are clearly communicated to the team as well mm -hmm. and so that that would just be my thing again going back relationship is huge and then clearly expectations communication is huge if you're not going to be good at communication then you need to go back to a control environment because if right. that's the case, I'm telling you, it will destroy everything. Right. You know, so uh, communication is key. We know that, uh, and and again, just be accessible to your team. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. You know, we do have an open door policy here. And mm-hmm. I think that's so important to be accessible to your team as well, man. This is the Unseminary Podcast. Stuff you wish they taught in seminary. Well, we're going to jump into the lightning round. This is the part of the episode where we ask similar questions of everybody that's on the show. Today, it's been our honor. It's been a great conversation with Darren Delana. I feel like we're getting, you know, an inside peek at his leadership at New Life Church, a great, fantastic church in Arkansas. If you haven't had a chance to check them out, you really should. Uh, Darren, what's an online resource that you're using these days uh, that, that's been particularly helping you in your work? Yeah, I think a lot of what we do here is uh, a lot of social media. Mm-hmm. And uh, so one of the things is Hootsuite. Oh, yeah, Hootsuite yeah, yep. has helped me tremendously, especially just uh, reading different articles every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can go on Hootsuite and you can divide your teams up, pastors that you're following, mm-hmm. uh, but also business leaders and other things as well. So Hootsuite is quick. Uh, every morning I can get my reading in and ideas and thoughts uh, from churches to, to world leadership as well. So Hootsuite's a great tool, man. Very cool. Uh, what's a book you've read in the last six months that's impacting your, your ministry or thinking? I think a book recently is A Sense of Urgency uh, mm. it's by, by John Cotter. And uh, basically, again, he, he, he's tackling this whole thought of decentralization. Mm-hmm. He calls it from the inside to the outside. Mm-hmm. And just the challenges that we deal with when we try to decentralize an organization. So uh, that's been a great book. Uh, another great book is The Starfish and Spider. That's a common mm-hmm. book that a lot of people are reading. Uh, when pastors read that book, there's a lot of hesitancy as well. Uh, because immediately it talks about cutting off the head, you know, mm-hmm. the, the, the spider's head. So uh, when you go in reading that book, I'm not agreeing with everything. Right. Uh, but again, I think it's, it's very important to understand that especially in the new leadership that we see in churches and growing churches. Mm-hmm. I think it's a great book because, again, it's talking about succession, mm-hmm. you know, and, and how important it is as we build these larger churches, it's not just built around that one person. Yeah, that's very you know, true. That's, a, that's, a, that's a definitely a good book to read, man. Very good, good. What's another ministry you're looking at that's kind of inspiring you these days? You know, I don't know if you would call it a ministry, yeah. uh, but, again, uh, I, I, got, I got hooked up with the Adesis Institute. Okay. And uh, it's a group that is actually out of California. Okay. And uh, he talks a lot about business cycles, management styles, and all that. Uh, it's a Jewish man, a Jewish leader. Mm-hmm. And he has so many great principles that uh, I guess you could say he's mentored me from a four-off. Mm. But it's called Adesis Institute. You can look it up. Uh, a lot of great ideas, uh, especially in church leadership. Very cool. Um, just two more questions. If you could get 15 minutes with any leader alive today, who would you want to get that with and why? You know, that's a, that's a pretty easy question for me. <laughs> and I just recently came off a trip uh, to China. Oh, okay, cool. We've been talking about planting some churches there as well. And, mm, uh, very cool. And in, in the midst of this China trip, I, I met about a, name, a man by the name of Dr. Thomas Haggai. Mm. And uh, it was just by accident that, that we kind of came together. And the more I began to meet with this guy and talk with this guy, uh, the more and more I was amazed about his leadership. This man is in his 90s. Mm. And uh, he runs an organization called IGA, mm-hmm. and uh, he just opened a thousand stores in China. Wow! And to hear this man's vision, his dream, at ninety-one years of age, and I actually watch him—you know, literally watching him and how he moved around and, and, and talk with people—was amazing. And so, uh, anyway, I got to look him up online and did a little research on him. And uh, this guy is a powerful leader, man. Very and, cool. Really cool. Really cool guy, man. Very cool. Well, I'm sure, you know, you're obviously a busy guy. You got a lot going on in, in the ministry. When you want to kick back and just relax and, you know, have a bit of fun, what do you what do you do for fun? Man, I got to hit the gym, to be honest with you, man. Nice. I, in the sports background. <laughs> yeah. 
Now, so every morning for me, you know, before you get into to the whole thing of the day, I, I like to start my day off at the gym very early. Right. Uh, just get a workout in. It clears my mind, and uh, for me, it just allows me to get ready to to come in the office or to come in hanging out with people. So hitting the gym, sports, no doubt about it. But uh, that's that's definitely my way of fun there, man. Cool. Well, I've really appreciated this uh, time today. Thank you so much for for taking it out and and jumping in. I really appreciate uh, the interview, Darren. If people want to get in touch with you or with the church, how can they do that? Uh, the best way is uh, simply you can follow me through any social media. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's Adida Long, whether it be on Twitter, uh, mm-hmm. Facebook, or we're also Instagram as well. Mm-hmm. And then also if they want to just look me up and uh, send me an email, it's mm-hmm. D at newlifechurch.tv. Ddalon at newlifechurch.tv. Feel free to, to email me and we'll get back with you and, and anything you guys need. That's what we're here to do, man. We're here to support. I appreciate your ministry as well, uh, trying to support pastors and churches all throughout the country, man. Oh, thank you so much, Darren. I really appreciate that. Thanks for being on the show today. I loved it, man. It was great. That's great. great. Thank you for tuning in to this week's Unseminary podcast. Don't be shy. We'd love to connect. Check out Unseminary Inbox. You can sign up at unseminary.com and we'll send you helpful training resources every week. Plus, you'll gain immediate access to our exclusive members area with tons of resources you can use. Connect with Rich on Twitter at Rich Birch or through email rich at unseminary.com Don't forget to check out the show notes for this episode at unseminary.com It includes links to what we talked about today and more. Leave a comment. We'd love to hear from you. Did you enjoy today's episode? Drop by iTunes and leave a review. Thanks again for tuning in to this week's Unseminary podcast. Join us next week when we'll learn more stuff we wish they taught in seminary.